Welcome to a football soaked, highly questionable. We've got our old friend Bomani Jones over here. We've got Dominique Foxworth over there. I'm pointing the wrong way because television's a funny mirror that way. Dominique, what are you excited about on today's show? Oh, I'm excited about listening to Bo find a way to apologize to Jimmy Garoppolo. Oh, uh, <laughs> you might want to change the channel. Yeah, all right, we might not get that. Go ahead, let's get started. Did yesterday prove that the 49ers are clearly better than the Saints? You can make the argument the 49ers are better than just about everyone except Baltimore when you're looking at things like point differential, given what you just saw from New England and the general slide of New England's offense. San Francisco has been consistently strong all season, and when Kittle is healthy, they're overwhelming. You look at what they've done the last three weeks, guys. There has not been a more impressive team in the sport. Dismantling Green Bay at home in prime time, impressing you in a loss at Baltimore where they slow Lamar Jackson, and then what they do yesterday... There isn't a more versatile team in the league. They beat the Saints by two points, right? As we are going to say definitively that they are so much better than the Saints, I will remind everyone that they beat the Saints by two points. This game might be in overtime if the Saints get the two-point conversion that they had early. Now, what I do take from this, though, is Jimmy Garoppolo played better than I thought that Jimmy Garoppolo was capable of playing. Like, when there were plays that needed to be made, that dude was able to go out there and make the plays. That raises the potential ceiling of what this team can be. Except I still think the ceiling for this team is that quarterback. I'm not betting on seeing this too often. Yeah, I think Jimmy Garoppolo is going to, they're going to need games like that out of him at least once, maybe twice in the playoffs. I'm not sure if he can do it consistently, but he certainly looked good against a good defense yesterday. I could care less whether we think that that game means they're better or not, but that game means that Jimmy Garoppolo does have that ceiling that we haven't seen him reach very many times. So if he can do that again, and to be fair, it's not like he was picking people apart, reading through defenses. You can, if you rewatch all of those passes, you can credit a lot of that to Kyle Shanahan, but fortunately, Kyle Shanahan is also going to coordinate their offense when they get into the playoffs too see this is the tricky thing for me though man is i can't blame him for throwing the ball to dudes that are butt naked open but we need to act like when he's throwing the ball to somebody butt naked open that they was butt naked open when somebody is butt naked don't pretend like they got clothes off these dudes are butt naked open that it's is true. a record for using the phrase butt naked in a short amount of time. Let's go back, though, to how Kittle made New Orleans look butt naked here. We're talking about Garoppolo as if he did something other than throw a fourth and two out, and then Kittle did the rest where he's sitting there. And look, look at the first at time there's contact right here. Look at the first Ooh, time there's contact. Off me! He goes 23 yards. It takes three guys, and they have to cheat to get him down. Off How did this mid. guy cost fewer than 50 catches at Iowa? How is that possible? Oh, man, it's terrible, but it's really on the DB. I hate to blame the DB, but his eyes were in the backfield. He dove at the ground. It was nowhere near like, just make the tackle, and you're going to be all right. I just want to make the brief point right fast that everybody always talks about how white dudes simply aren't athletic by nature somehow, but they stay finding these white dudes to play tight end and be out here looking like triathletes, right? Like, are the only athletic white dudes in the world somewhere between 240 and 270 pounds? What am I missing here? Did the Patriots lose because of the refs? When you play in as many big games as the Patriots do, you're going to get some of those tuck rule calls. You're going to lose some of these. And I think many of us remember that Jacksonville had an unfortunate call go against them in the AFC Championship game with the New England Patriots. I'm actually more interested in talking about how in God's name you are a Patriots fan. And in the first half of that game at home, when you haven't lost at home in December in since 2015, you're out here booing those Patriots. You're out here loud 
loudly booing Tom Brady. I feel like those people should be excommunicated. Yeah, it's definitely not the ref's fault. You can't blame the refs. The Patriots are not a very good offense. They have a great defense, but when your offense can only score off the result of a blocked punt and two trick plays, then you're not a good offense. So no, it's not the ref's fault. After that Nikhil Harry touchdown that they missed, they still had another chance and Myers dropped it in the back of the end zone. So this team is not very good and they can't afford to have receivers drop passes when they have the opportunity on offense. Now, that was some equal opportunity bad reffing in the course of that game. Now, we keep talking about the Patriots have a bad offense. And the Patriots' offense is certainly bad, but come on now. I know we're all afraid to do it. How many more weeks is Tom Brady going to have to stink before we start putting this directly in front of him? If this were any other quarterback in the league and they seemed so scared of what their quarterback would or would not do that they had to dial up that flea flicker early and then the halfback pass late, you think about what we would be saying about that quarterback. Brady looked bad again their offense subsequently looked bad again and do they have forget just the offense do they have a quarterback that you can trust when it gets really cold especially if it's really cold on the road because I don't think they got one of those I like it so you frame it as a question that's the move you say a man's washed but you don't completely say it you say is it time to say no 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 no. you don't say that he's washed because there's no gain in that I am a person that likes to have discussions and I just want us to perhaps get ourselves out here and talk about the fact that Tom Brady looked bad again I'm not questioning him. I'm just asking all of these questions that make (laughs) it really questionable. I am questioning why has it got to be specifically about him. That's why you should be taking stuff way far too personally. (laughs) Do we need to apologize to Jared Goff and Sean McVay? They lost 45-6 to at home against Baltimore in a game they needed to have, and he looked totally incompetent. I do find interesting in the sport, and Dominique can absolutely speak to this, the number of ways that injuries that are concealed, or you don't know how hurt a guy is, this offense was banged up all over the place in a way that affected their results. When everything is right for that team, and he's only been sacked once in the last two games, so he's had time, they've got the skill position guys, if they are healthy, where Jared Goff can look like that. That's how he got that contract. But he remains a system quarterback around whom everything has to be perfect for them to look like they looked against Seattle last night. And one thing we have to be fair about is in that awful game against the Ravens, they basically had the three of us playing wide receiver in that game. They got rectified that one, and this Higby dude comes in at tight end, and he has been killing it. So there have been some changes that are not necessarily the quarterback changing or the head coach changing. But... I ain't apologizing to Jared Goff. And I'm telling everybody out here now, stop asking me to apologize for these cats that was out here being sorry. And then all I do is say that they was out here being sorry. Then you think I need to apologize to them when they not sorry no more. How about they apologize to me for that time that they was out (laughs) here being sorry? Nobody ever wants to bring that sort of thing up here, right? Nobody's like, Jared Goff, can you apologize to Bomani for being sorry? He has something else to do on Monday night. No, I'm supposed to apologize because the professionals stopped being sorry. So I got hung up on you saying that they basically had us at the receiver. So does that make Dan the tight end? You're the possession guy and I'm the deep threat guy? I don't think that's too bad. I feel like you should be out there putting in work if you got those um, type of players. No? I don't know why you think I'm going over the middle, buddy. I got them <laughs> long strides, right? I got that. I got the hand, right? That, that's what I am. I'm, I'm Moss. In oh, this. my gosh. 
We are so bad at apologizing as the media that last week when we were talking about this, hold on a second, let me just finish here. Last week when we were talking about this, Katie Nolan said she wouldn't apologize, that she in fact had motivated someone with her words. This is a new realm you're entering where you say they should apologize to you. I'm saying if I should apologize to them, therefore they should apologize to me. I'm saying nobody owe nobody nothing. Shout out to the homie player fly. Is Ryan Tannehill elite? Okay, he's not elite, but I can't believe that the last six weeks of this season you can make the argument that he's playing as well at that position as anybody who is in the league. It's crazy to me after spending seven years in this Ryan Tannehill purgatory where they didn't have any players around him that we didn't see something like this. The idea that the Titans themselves would bring him in as a backup, the Titans themselves would not know for sure that he's better than the always questionable Marcus Mariota. The fact that the Titans didn't see this coming makes me think that nobody's saw something like this coming because you can make the argument that these are not the old titans anymore he's throwing the ball well downfield he's doing it accurately and they've got a running game to support it he's beating people in a lot of different ways so then how is he not elite what more do you want maybe he hasn't done it for long enough but since week seven they are scoring the second most touchdowns in the league the only thing that's changed about that offense is they put in him at quarterback so i understand that we are hesitant given his track record to say that he's elite but during this stretch he's playing pretty elite football i know that it's their running game is pretty impressive and he's making a lot of yards on play action however all that stuff is true of many other quarterbacks that we don't hesitate to call elite so i think that we at least have to question as i learned from a man but martin jones you don't say it you just question maybe he is elite why can't we just say he's playing well right because i think the one thing that we can safely say is wow Ryan Tannehill is playing well, right? Why can't we say that he's elite? When the hell did he become elite? I ain't never really heard of nobody that's just been seven years around here kicking around looking like that. Then all of a sudden just went and had to, what, he had to go outside? Was it go outdoors? He had to reset? And then next thing you know, everything was firing on all senators. I can't go that far and say that he is elite. I can say, though, I am totally shocked by how well he has played within the confines, by the way, of an offense that doesn't do a lot of favors for anybody who's involved in it. This is stunning. And this is a recipe for somebody to fall for it. Somebody's about to pony up $60, $70 million to ride Taddy Hill. And whoo, I don't think they're going to be glad that they did. <laughs> Coming up next on my show, Stevie Shaw. How do you reconcile this with the quarterback that you think Baker Mayfield can become? His stats look an awful lot like Jameis Winston when Jameis started his career. Highly Questionable is brought to you by Ram Trucks. Built to serve. Did the Bills lay out the blueprint to stop Lamar? Oh, we should be talking about what Lamar Jackson did before the game with choosing to put on white sleeves and white gloves so that there would be no so confusion about whether or not he has his success because of pigmentation or not. But he didn't play poorly yesterday. That Bills defense is really good. And going on the road... Yeah, I'm this is an example of him not playing well. <laughs> I'm sorry, Dan. I didn't mean to cut you, you off. Just made? It was, what was that sound you just made? It was fear. Sweet Jesus. Yeah, Lord that team, Baltimore looked like teams often look on the road against good defenses. They won anyway, though, because the Bills are a quarterback away from doing the kind of things that Baltimore is going to do in the playoffs.
Yeah, I don't know if we can say they got the blueprint unless you've got that defense. That defense is really good. I mean, you know that defense has to be really good because their record's as good as it is with the quarterback they have. A quarterback, by the way, who was awful in this game, where Baltimore basically said, we're willing to leave dudes wide open because you're not going to be able to process quickly enough to even realize that you got dudes that are wide open. And if they are wide open, you're going to throw the ball over their heads. And you got four quarters of that from Josh Allen. Yeah, I agree. They don't have it figured out. But the part of this that interests me is it's something that we always talk about with this offense is that sooner or later someone's going to figure it out. But we don't do the same thing with other offenses. Sometimes they have bad games. Sometimes they have good games. This is not a gimmick. This is not the wildcat. This is a complex offense that puts you in compromising situations and then exploits those compromises that you make up in order to stop it. This offense cannot be figured out. But the way that you slow it down is with a lot of talent. And that's something the Bills have. That's something that the Steelers have. Something the 49ers have. Those are the type of teams that can slow this offense down, but nobody, nobody can stop it or figure it out. Is Odell's relationship with the Browns salvageable? He goes from New York and being a story every single week as he enjoys some attention, even while complaining about too much attention, to living in Cleveland, dealing with the losing, and becoming a number two receiver who's only got two 100 yards games this season. So I understand why he wouldn't want to be there. I also understand that he's under contract through 2023, and they can't do anything with Odell Beckham. And he isn't in a position where he has the kind of power that NBA guys have that can force their way out while they're under contract he can make something of a mess but football's restrictions are such that he can only make so much of a mess if Cleveland wants to keep him yeah but it doesn't seem like he's handling it that way he's doing things in the quote professional way all the way along like it doesn't seem like he's creating a stir when they ask him about his injury and the training staff misdiagnosing it he just kind of shrugs it off yet the quarterback who's supposed to be the CEO kind of figure of the team that puts everything in cliche terms is the one that keeps making a mess no matter what they win games and he makes a bit of a media circus I'm not one who believes in distractions but for all the people who do how do you reconcile this with the quarterback that you think Baker Mayfield can become his stats look an awful lot like Jameis Winston when Jameis started his career. And you also get on top of it some off-the-field concerns that aren't nearly as serious as Jameis Winston. But, frankly, as far as teams are concerned, they are often more concerned with the things that you do that affect inside the locker room than the things that you do that may run afoul of the law. Well, I mean, I think this is salvageable. The only way to salvage it, though, is to win. Like, if they get out here and win, then how many of these things are actually problems? But the question is... Would they be winning if they just gave the ball to Odell Beckham more if somebody could figure that part out? If their quarterback would recognize that Odell Beckham doesn't necessarily have to be single covered for you to throw him the ball? That seems to be the solution to all of their problems is to get some victories. But do they have the pieces in place in order to win? Because we came into this year thinking that they were overloaded with talent. And they do have a lot of talent. But they have a big old question mark at quarterback. And they're going to have a couple more years to figure this out with Baker because he's going to get every chance to get it right. But as things stand... He is a governor on how fast this car can go. Brought to you by Tostitos. Get to the good stuff. Time to play the game that thinks Dan forgot to dye his beard this weekend. Do you question? You give us topics and events. It's not dyed. It's not dyed. It's a little gray showing. So embarrassing. Do you question if Mike Tomlin called this fake punt? I think that this was just something he was doing on behalf of Kingsbury because earlier in the game, down 20-10, to 10, right near the goal line, he decided to not kick the field goal and go for it, and they could have used those three points to tie the game later. But here's Tomlin, up 10 here in the fourth quarter, and that is a terrible decision. 
And there's number 81 preening and dancing with a football that he could have scooped up and <laughs> scored with. But he should feel pretty good about himself. I think I'd dance the same way. If it does. <laughs> Yo. Yo, I feel like if you're the punter, and, you know, people have raised the question if the punter went rogue on that one. Tomlin said that he did call it. If I'm the punter there, the way that I go rogue is by putting the ball, right? Like, like, there's nothing that says that I have to go out here and sacrifice myself to these people. Why can't I just kick the damn ball? So in, in that situation, there are plays that I've been a part of as being a member of a punt team where the punter has a choice. If you see the defense in an alignment that allows for that, the punter has a choice to tuck it and run. And no one else on the team knows, which might suggest why no one else is blocking for him in that situation. Because the idea is those guys are going to run with your blockers because they think it's going to be actual punt. Everyone's back is turned. And you have at least 15, 20 yards before people figure out what's going on. But right there, up 10, you're right. Go rogue and kick the ball. Don't go rogue and get knocked out can i see this again because do we know that that ball popped out because of the hit or did the punter just throw the ball up in the air in a total panic like i hope tomlin's not mad at me (laughs) (laughs) hey you know what this is an opportunity for me to give some props to football players or something i don't think we talk nearly enough about it's one thing that we expect these dudes to get out here and get hit and all of this stuff but it's another thing that we expect them to get hit and hold on to what they got in their hands, right? Like, if you get hit by a car, it's okay if you drop what's in your hand. Yeah, he definitely he threw that out, along with his desire to be out on that I team. Don't, I don't want yeah. this anymore. Look yeah. at these people who come after me when I have it. He got to throw it sooner, though. Like, that's the thing. Like, he needed to get that out of his hand much, much, much faster. Time to play the game. They can't believe we haven't mentioned college football yet. See? Oh, no. Tell us what's on television tonight. Uh, we've got two people who have rhythm here and one who doesn't. I'm going to leave the rest unset. There wasn't even a beat playing. Tonight on ESPN, Monday Night Football, Giants and Eagles. Oh, my God, no. Why would you watch uh, anything coming out of this division? The Philadelphia Eagles have been broken all season, and the Giants have been a good deal worse. But Eli Manning makes his return tonight, and he is filled with effervescence. Listen to him here. It's like a champagne bottle opening. Well, we'll you know, obviously we'll see what happens Monday. But, uh, you know, just, you know, just uh, business as usual. Okay, there we go. That is about as dull as that game's going to be tonight. Dominique, are you intrigued? I am intrigued because I want to see Eli go out there and relive his glory. Like, he is inarguably, inarguably one of the most clutch quarterbacks that we've had in NFL history. And this is a clutch game for him because right now he is 500 quarterback. If he wins, he's above 500. If he loses, below 500. Can we not get you a better card? We've got a budget around here. Get something that doesn't need repairs. Bobani, are you intrigued? Oh, yeah. I'm intrigued, and the reason I am intrigued is we have watched enough of the Giants over the past how many years to know this. If Eli Manning comes out here and has a good game, they will sign him to a two-year extension That's immediately after. They right, 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 right. right. Like, this so can, right this, this, can, this can happen. I just want to see if this does happen, except no, the problem is if it does happen, then we'll be stuck watching Giants games up here. Do you know what it's like to be in a city that's got two football teams and both of them stink and they make you watch both of them on television? Streaming online, the NFL 100 all-time team. We've got three guys up here who have man crushes on Ed Reed. Dominique played with the guy. Bill Belichick, you don't normally hear him gush like this. Listen to him talking about how Ed Reed fooled Peyton Manning. I got to tell you one story about Peyton Manning. There was a game, you probably remember it, in which Peyton threw an interception to you. 
intercepted. He had studied you all week. I, I had his game the next week. Mm-hmm. Studied you all week. That when you opened your hips this way, when they had this route combination, you were going to hear, and he knew it. He, it wasn't a route combination. It was a go. Yeah, it was a go route. It yeah. was, he was going backside to Wayne on the go. Yeah. yeah so he had, it, he had it all set up. He, I'm, he, I'm sure he was dreaming about it at night. He starts, he opens to the middle of the field. As soon as he takes two steps into the field, turns, he turns and turn, wheels, right turns around. his back on the quarterback, and beats Wayne to the ball. Best play I've ever seen a free safety make. Peyton Manning, okay. Dominique, are you intrigued? No, not intrigued. I, because I'm out there on that play, and it is made to appear as if I got beat, which is not what actually happened. <laughs> I didn't even it was see that. Show me of, that again. Yeah, that's me out there on the right corner. Hold on. I hadn't noticed that before. Is that Dominique Foxworth getting beat by Reggie Wayne in coverage, and then all of a sudden Ed Reed is bailing him out? Whoa, oh, my God. blue Dear God, he was open. What happened? What happened there? Look at Foxworth. Bomani, are you intrigued? Uh, yeah, I am intrigued. Serious question, Dominique. Loosen up a little bit. Air Reed, what did he like to call you? Did he call you Young Blood? Did he call you Playboy? Like with that beard and that hat, there's a whole lot of names yes, that he is yes. required to refer to you as, right? So which, which one was it? Oh, yeah. Ed, Ed was the old guy on the team who always would uh, be singing songs from the Hot Five Heartbeats. That was that was his oh, move. He I, was- thought, I thought his songs would be older than that. I once said Ed Reed looked like he got a drawer full of Negro League hoodies. <laughs> That's all the time we have for today. Thank you for watching. You can check out Dominique Foxworth at The Undefeated and The Right Time with Bomani Jones is the podcast. Also, high noon every day, 4 p.m. Eastern, right here before this one. We have a video clip here of Dominique thanking Ed Reed for bailing his ass out on that play. Look at this. I'm so sorry. I'm terrible at this. Uh, you could read his lips there and Ed Reed saying, no problem. I'll get to the Hall of Fame off the 